What are you doing here? It's my office. Not bad, huh? You're supposed to be at the inaugural ball. I was at four inaugural balls, and now I'm here with you. Where's Melly? Two floors and a whole wing away. Mr. President. Ooh, I like that. Say it again. Mr. President. Mm. <laughs> we can't. We can. Look around you. Look where we are. This can't happen. Not anymore. I think it can happen right there on that desk. No. No. We decided that we have to stop. I spent the whole night dancing, but never actually with the one person I wanted to dance with. Fitz, stop. I can't stop. We can't. You're the most important person in my life. I can't just stop. Can you? Mm. Okay. Can okay. you? Can you keep up? <laughs> Maybe lose my breath. Okay. And Olivia lost hers because she she, she couldn't stop. She couldn't. Stop. She she hiked up. Remember remember the um, Dave Matthews band? Hype up your skirt a little more. And show the world to me. You remember that song? Mm, was that before my time? Mm. Yes. Maybe around it. <laughs> around my time. Maybe around it. Being around the time and I, 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 <coughs> I can't find the right song. Dave Matthews band. White, white, white band. Mm. I remember that was one of their like big, big songs oh. growing up. I'll look um, it up. Hike up your skirt a little more. Show, show the world to me. Listen, and that's what Olivia did. Okay. Yeah, you really do. Because okay. it's... Oh, we'll get there. It's... We'll get there. It's up there. <laughs> but... Yeah, that was a scene from Scandal. Mm -hmm. Scandalous. Um, with Olivia and Mr. President. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, what's but up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast where we decided we have to stop. <laughs> where you can't stop. Let's keep going. Okay. Let's see how, how far we can go. Where... Your booze a whole two floors and a whole wing away. <laughs> Where it might have happened on a random desk. Okay. Where you may have gotten a new office. Okay. <laughs> Where you might be looking around, taking it all in. <laughs> Where we can't. But we can. Okay? <laughs> and we'll never hang up on you. <laughs> As always, I am P. Ryan. Guys, you can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. And while y'all here looking for offices and desks, find us both <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Yep. Along with that, you know where to find us if you want to send us some email correspondence. Mm -hmm. Or you, your new desk. Or your new desk where <laughs> some shit went down. Hey. All right? Send us the pictures. Send us the video. <laughs> <laughs> you can send it to hunguppod at gmail.com. And guys, thank you so much for your ratings and comments. Keep them coming on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere that you can find a man who will put you on the desk. 
and say yes, we can. And hack up your yes, story. I can. Right. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> it was the second one that was just like affirming and just like oh. you felt that in your soul. <laughs> Shout out to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Yes. yes, I can. Yes, I okay. can. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that was good. Yes. That was good. Do we have any OS motherfucker? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, shout out BLK underscore Dre, D R E E, on Instagram. He. Uh, listened to our breathing episode and he made a post on his own insta with um a picture um i guess of like i don't know some type of clip art what's her name Brene? like a her name's Brene, Brene. brown mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um maybe this is like some clip art from a book or I'm not sure but he posted this on his insta and he said i'm working on Boundaries and accountability, exclamation mm. point. The other values, reliability, vault, integrity, non-judgment, and generosity. I practice them every day by default and mastered. Okay. Okay. We need to have you well, pull come up on, a master seat. master super soul. <laughs> <laughs> have you pull up a seat and talk mm. to us about this mastering. Any of these values you mastered, he asked, or working on question mark, and then he said this post was inspired by Hung Up Pod. So oh, shout thank out you, Black to Dre. Black Dre for doing the work. Yeah, and mastering. And okay, mastering. hopefully yeah. I can get to your level. Yeah, of of mastery. Okay, <laughs> you might already be there. Mm-mm, I'm not. It's I'm gonna let you know, kept... and we'll get there right now. Okay, <laughs> let me show you how well, I haven't mastered it. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, how are you? How are you? How am I? <laughs> <laughs> I've unpacked my shame. Okay, okay. so should Take I back to Chicago, should I introduce what we did on Saturday? Introduce. Okay, you and I went to a brunch to celebrate uh, Black Gay Pride in Philly, and that's all I remember. We went to a brunch. You just remember showing up, <laughs> being there. You know you were there for an extended amount of time. I was ex- there for an extended stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the food was Wow, great. can we recap? The food was amazing. Shout out to our mutual friend who hosted the event. The food from his house is always delicious. Yeah, he's always on point with The drinks. Let me tell you how I got caught up. How'd you get caught up? So before I got there, I was like mad reserved. I was like keeping to myself because I didn't really know people there. There was like one person I knew, but he was surrounded by all his friends. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to really engage because I really had nothing to say. I was just cute there, whatever. And I was expecting my homie to come through, right? He wound up coming a little later, but at first he had said, I can't make it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm here by myself. Let me just start throwing back some mimosas. Who are you talking about? My homie Keith. Shout out to the homie Keith. Oh, okay. What's up, Keith? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he had told me he wasn't coming, right? So I was like, all right, mimosa time. It was good to see Keith. Yes. So I was throwing back these mimosas, (laughs) and I was feeling okay, right? Next thing I know... A couple hour, uh, hour goes by, and you show up. Yeah. And I start to feel it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me keep it cute. Bitch, next thing I know, I'm not well. Okay? Out here, I'm twerking. I'm having a good time. I remember kissing multiple men. So a bitch just done got some dick and thinks she can just be out here to the world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the shackles were set free. Okay. And now, and now I'm a full hoe. I'm yeah. a whore. 
<laughs> when then he said, you're a whore. My clit has left the building. <laughs> right. It has left my body. <laughs> <laughs> no, you live in your liberated I had a fabulous pussy time, life. I had a fabulous as time. As you should be. And shout out to the older men, the single letter men, the, the all types of men who are out here giving your boy some play. We're cute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had a good time. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. And the what weather was you? nice that day. The weather was wonderful that day. Okay. We had our titties out, our name chain on. Ka-ka! Full bird. You. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your name chain. Mm-hmm. The gold one. It yeah, was that cute, was really nice. You know? I like that. I let my whole flag fly, <clears throat> my bird flag fly. It was cute. Do you, boo? I support you. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm doing here me. for what God is doing in your life. Okay. I support you. Okay. <laughs> and it's not even know summer that. yet. It's not even summer. Exactly. So imagine message, what happens in June and message, July. Message, y'all. Do, okay? you, do you hear them? Because this is just April. It was it's just a lot April. of ground to cover. <laughs> a lot of Patrick to cover. Okay. How was your weekend? I I enjoyed it as well. Um, I really didn't do much because that was during um, Pen Relay, Philly mm-hmm. Black Pride. Always overlapped. Always. And besides that so besides that brunch mm-hmm. where you know I was with you I went to um, a day party on Sunday okay and it was okay so you still had life I had a little bit <laughs> I had a little bit I had enough to meet up with two friends that I don't get to see a lot okay and so they were going out and you know the night was cut short because um someone was visiting out of town and they had an issue with another person in a group walking off and not telling them where they were going. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I just want to speak on that real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say any names or anything like that, but I just feel like that's some control shit. I won't say no names. <laughs> okay, Beyonce? But I mean, I feel like that's some control shit. And I feel like as adults, like we should be able to exist in places and not need each other to chaperone each other, even if we're visiting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was a bit much. I mean, if you grown, you grown. I just feel like if, Is we, you grown? if we out and he's with people mm-hmm. that he's known way longer than you, he's with his friends. So I felt the way that he felt the way. Yeah, I feel like that's on your spirit. Like, okay. nah, okay. like, homie, he's good. <laughs> okay. He's good. So for you to feel a way or like worried or concerned, like, oh, you didn't tell me where you were going and I was like worried about you, like, nah, you don't need to feel any type of way because I got this. Okay. So chill. Okay. And that was, uh, and that was that on pride. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, shout out to the, Punch with Jamaican white rum. Oh, that you made me at the Did brunch. it bless you? Oh, it's uh, Jamaican white rum. If if it's not whiskey, is if it's not bourbon, you know, if I'm not drinking henny or you know something like that, mm-hmm. I will fuck with some Jamaican white rum. Oh, so you're just a hardcore bitch. Just because you introduced <laughs> it to me, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, this is good. Because right. I normally don't drink white alcohol. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, girl. What you mean? So, you and I both were Mm. one of 17 million viewers. I wasn't a part of them viewers because I didn't watch it live. 
Oh, so you've seen it, but you didn't see it on the premiere yeah. night. You know, the girls okay. don't have Hulu. Well, I mean, you got to catch up when you can. Okay. And- <laughs> when the streaming comes out. <laughs> A good two hours after. <laughs> and then, I mean, like, you see so many memes and GIFs on Twitter. It pretty much tells the I episode. I saw the whole show before I saw right. the show. Okay. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> All right, so you saw Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Do you want commentary on the show? Well, I want to know how you felt about the outcome of the war. Mm-hmm. The White so Walkers. is that the final war? Because that war wasn't no. all that long, and I feel like the John Snow when John Snow died, that war was longer. So I think okay, that was a cute war, but then it's going to be the part two war. Excuse me. I thought the part two war was when they going out to Cersei's ass. Cersei, Cersei. No, you're right. You're okay. right. No, yeah. I'm I was, like, con- I was just contemplating. <laughs> but then, what if the White Walker man comes back? Because let me tell you something, and I believe Which I heard one? this on. Where did I hear this? Not the one that the one Arya that Arya stabbed up. How would he come back? Because he's in a wheelchair. Okay, connect it. Ooh. Connect them dots. Okay. Ooh. All this time we thought Bran wasn't doing shit. Okay. But sitting pretty with a fur. <laughs> but <laughs> in reality, the baddest bitch. <laughs> Yo, he comes through with this nice little bob and this bra. I'm like, bitch, you want to come through in this chair? Great conclusion to the story. I love it. We're gonna go with that. Let me tell you, Hung so, Up Pod has endorsed that. First ending. of all, Brand conjured <laughs> up these White Walker Destiny's children. Okay, you saw them three coming through like Hitman. Wait, lose my breath. The White Walkers when they started coming for him. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah. Okay. The, the three, they came like, in three. Main they were not came, coming came to him. kill him. I they were bet coming you, to collect him. No, I bet you they're his. They're his henchmen. So the Night King, I really don't feel like is a king. I feel like those three are kind of like his his right hand. So you know how Daenerys has like a right the hand. The three kings that follow the star. You know. Did they follow the star? <laughs> okay. He's I'm, I'm real just saying, King, like, because okay, he was just I'm like, following you. Well, didn't he say some shit like, "That's not my family" or some shit like that? Like a few episodes ago, yes, like this season, but a few, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, listen, I'm not the dead are among us, me, but he is the Night King. I want to tell people, right, y'all not listening. Let's see what happens. We Daener- got what three? We got a couple more episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Daenerys can die. I'm gonna just let you know right now. I thought she was. She should. This last episode, mm-hmm. because when she picked up the sword, she acted like she didn't know what to do with it. She didn't. Okay. Out here talking about I'm mother of dragons. You need to be a mother of that sword. She okay? acted like she didn't know what to do. She Who was shook. else? The people were upset with Sam. They wanted him to die. But let me let you know something. I have compassion Wait, which for one my is girl Sam. Sam, Sam Tolly, the thick one, who was out here trying to fight but wound up screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but did he get attacked? <laughs> he was shook. But in his defense, who sent him out there to fight on the wall? He first was sent out to read books. Uh, okay, my girl wanted to be a librarian. Okay, you see when you're not aligned with your ministry, all hell you breaks loose. You see what loose. happens. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> he didn't come to fight. He yeah. came to read <laughs> and to write. Exactly. Okay, but he took a leap of faith, like Arya did. Okay. That leap. Come on, let's talk about a leap of faith. Okay, so because he I... choked her up, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "Wow!" <laughs> right. <Okay>? <laughs> now, <laughs> can we talk about that scene? Yeah. Twitter was so pressed, and when I took it, I was just like, "Oh, I was expecting more." I thought she was about to give you like, you know, but she literally just gave two moves done. Y'all think that's the end of it? She killed I mean, the henchman. I feel like she 
had she only had two moves to get it done. Yeah. To get the job done because Big facts. Big those facts. guys are so vicious. <laughs> they are vicious. She wouldn't have four or five swings. Listen, my girls the, don't play, <laughs> but they are henchmen. I'm letting y'all know right okay, now. Okay. Ain't no Night King. He ain't out here fighting. Okay? Those are henchmen. Bran is the Night King. He's the bad bitch in the fur. Everybody's taking care of him and he's the one who's gonna be sitting on them thrones. He's already sitting down. He got training. He's been on the throne. <laughs> okay. He's been sitting on a throne. That she was so ableist. Yo. But it's real. Sorry, my bad. No, my bad too. Because I said he's been, he been training. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, bad bitch brand. Shout out to the I'm girl. I'm hung up on it. If it's not that, him, gotta, it gotta be Cersei. I'm here for it. Say it again. If it's not him winning, it gotta be Cersei. I'm team Cersei. So do you think... All right, they're about to come for her. Obviously because homegirl didn't show up. Never had intentions on showing up. She was chilling. What do you think is going to happen? It's only one dragon alive now, right? Mm-mm, the devil is such a liar. I thought the other dragon got ate up by the walkers. Yeah. No, but like, did he get eaten up? or Because he flew away. Yeah, he flew away. He's like, I'm out. But then, you know, how kind they of... They were on him, though. He took off, but then he crashed. He was yeah. trying to get away, but the I, I feel like Ooh. the walkers kind of overtook him. Mm. He was trying to fly away, but I feel like he fell back down. And they were like, I, I, I thought... I didn't know if he died. I wasn't sure. Maybe we're not supposed to know. Maybe no. we'll see what happens. Now, I don't know if this was me watching a bootleg, but was the lighting messed up for you? Because I couldn't make out a lot. That's why I was shook on the edge of my seat. Okay. Because this was okay. a very dark episode, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. So I know a lot of like the, the Twitter folks were um, underwhelmed okay. by the episode. And I was just like, I was shook. And my eyes are bad. I was like, bitch, this is dark. You say- <laughs> I was looking back at my screen like, wait a minute. Not, my eyes <laughs> Let me tell you, I put my, my, you know, like the light on your screen. I put it up all the way to the Pray max. <laughs> like, I could not because see. Because the scene was so dark because they were out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And for me, like, that's what made it really kind of terrifying. There was another, there was a show that came on AMC, I believe, some time ago. And it was about these sailors these voyagers that went off to find something but then they got stuck in the ice out in the middle of nowhere Mm-mm, that's too much and it was hella dark and it was like these creatures out there that was like eating them one, one at a time that reminded me of that like mm. an abyss right it's cold it's dark you don't know what's out there but you know something is mm-hmm. all you gotta do you need a seatbelt and a bible and that's really all you can do mercy Mercy. I was on the edge of my seat. I was too. Speaking of eating in the dark, though, you know who I'm sick of? Millie Sandra. <laughs> Broken up into two names, Millie and Sandra. The witch. First of all, how oh, you talking? Oh, she died. Oh, wait. Oh, she died, died? Didn't she, like, walk out and die? She took the, the, the um, charm off her neck, the choker, and she died. Because, you know, the choker was, like, her... Her life force. Right. Mm. And she took that off. Well, you know, half she the was screen out. was dark, so sometimes I was in You didn't know. You <laughs> was just like, wait, what happened? But she did say by the end of today, I would be out, right? She told him. Let me tell you, how you gonna be talking big shit and your fire didn't work until the last minute? And it didn't even work, because they walked over the fire. They walked right over the fire. Mm-hmm. Well, the Night King mm-hmm. instructed them to kind of lay down. Yeah, do what she needs to do. Yeah. That yeah. shit was crazy. And then they she had the nerve the to... Yeah, she had the nerve to, like, light up all of their swords, had all them people out here... They died. Find them, and they died. Them... The candles were like, I was shook. I was like, what's wrong with y'all on Twitter? Like, what else do you want from HBO production studios? I was pissed. 
I was pissed. I was like, wow, this is like intense. The battle went on for like an hour, I believe, because mm-hmm. the episode was like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It was long. Um, I was and a little tired. They stormed the castle, and right when Jon Snow was about to die again, I was gonna be. I was like, yo, if Jon Snow die again, mm-hmm. and right before he was about to get ate up by that dragon, that's when Arya did her thing mm-hmm. and saved the day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not today. That's what you tell them. A leap of faith. Okay. See where it'll get you, folks. Mm-hmm. Try it out. It'll get you choked out, but then you got to drop your sword. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you might get choked Look out. out. <laughs> but you're not defeated yet. You're not defeated. <laughs> hey, that's a word. Write that down, y'all. <laughs> Write that down, listeners. You might get choked out, but you're not defeated yet. Mm-hmm. So just to wrap my um, checking up, you know, that, that that's really it. Um, Game of Thrones is great. Um, I just finished the second season of Sabrina on Netflix for mm. folks who are into Bless it. You. It was a really good season. And now the third season, um, she's going to be attempting to get her man back because he's in hell. And she's going down Harvey into Nick? hell to get her man back. I think it's Nick, the warlock. Oh, really? Because Harvey was the mortal, mm-hmm. right? I had to take a little he break moved on was messing up my to, spirit. To homegirl. Oh, to okay. our sis. Black sis. On the show. He moved on to her. To Prudence? Is that her name? With the finger waves. No, that's the ghost. Oh, the one who can't see like me. Exactly. Got you. He moved on to her, mm. and now she's, and now Sabrina um, got her a new fish. What did, what did Raspisha say? Mm. I see you got you one fish. You got you, you, you got you a fish already. You trying to get you a new fish. <laughs> okay. You got one fish in the net. You trying to get you a new fish. I'm trying to get me a new fish. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Sabrina. I'm looking forward to season three, um, where she'll be going to hell to get her man. How many of you will travel? The road to hell mm. to get your man Not back me. to reclaim I'll your things. Okay, how many of you will? Mm, not to reclaim no man. Have you come <laughs> back and leave me? You got me fucked up out here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You oh you think oh because it's a chance. Here? It's a chance. Okay, then stand a chance. Okay. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, and uh, three more wins for the spring season. I'll be qualifying for the playoffs. Yes, for tennis. Qualify. So. Wish me luck, you guys. Good luck. Yes. So what are we talking about today? Well, <laughs> just sound like a bird in the name. <laughs> Two things. Um, and real quick, I don't feel like we're going to spend a lot of time. Um, I didn't really have a topic, but it was just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. First and foremost, I wanted to just have a moment of respect and acknowledgement on our show, the platform that we have to speak Nigel Shelby's name mm. and to just say rest well mm-hmm. um, I'd be lying if I said that my heart wasn't a little broken when I heard about you know his situation yeah absolutely um, because he was so much more than what could have potentially so like from I don't know too much about the situation, but I've looked at a couple of videos, um, mm-hmm. YouTube online, look, um, read a few news clips, and Nigel was a really like warm spirit. He loved to dance. He his he had a great relationship with his mother, mm-hmm. um, to the tune of you know she 
knew that he was dealing with one depression to bullying at school because of his identity and you know he was in therapy she was taking him to therapy on a regular and um you know now they're dealing with the loss of their son you know a beautiful life that ended and you know we we may never really know what the direct cause was Mm -hmm. um and why nigel made that decision that day um that morning, his mother got up to go to work and she found him. I can't imagine the trauma and how emotionally weighing that is in and of itself to find your baby, let alone you have to go through the motions of, you know, the obituary, the the mourning, the, the grieving, the burial, the funeral and all that. Um, by the way, his casket was, I feel kind of weird saying this, but it was beautiful. Mm. Um, it was white. It had a rainbow on it. And I feel like that's kind of like become his, um, when you see, you know, a lot of pictures, a lot of references to him, you see the rainbow, you see him in the white sweater with the rainbow across it and he's smiling and that's how we should remember him, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my heart just really <laughs> goes out to, you know, there are a lot of adults who are suffering with depression and suffering with identity issues, but, you know, particularly, you know, my heart goes out to the youth, yeah. um, you know, being young and not necessarily knowing how to communicate everything that's going on inside of you or not feeling like you're in a safe space to communicate the things that are going on inside of you, whether you have a close relationship with your mom or your dad or your family um, it doesn't mean that things aren't going on inside of you that is, it, you know, it could just come to a head, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I think <clears throat> I was listening to I, I was listening to like a video on YouTube and they were talking about the situation and they were going around the table talking about bullying and their experience with bullying. And I don't necessarily I don't remember experiencing like bullying per Mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. I definitely remember like feelings and experiences of being like outcast and, you know, being lonely and not being included and things like that. Um, And, you know, I've, you know, been called some, you know, negative slurs um, throughout adolescence and, and teenage years. Um, but I think that today it is a little different than what it was because now you have the internet mm-hmm. and, and and don't get me wrong, like bullying was and always has been, you know, very vicious and, and can be nasty and whatever these kids come up with, you know what I mean? They have a lot of time on their hands. So it's like whatever they come up with to ridicule someone, they'll do, you know. Um, but I think today it's kind of morphed into something different because of the internet. Mm. And I think that it's time for society and really, you know, parents to take a, um, and not to say that Shelby's parents, um, Nigel's parents didn't do this, but I think it's just time for parents to really just take a serious look at bullying and protect your kids at all costs. And if you feel like, you know, something is off, 
just know that there may be even more that you're unaware of mm-hmm. and that you may not be aware of everything that's going on. Um, and bullying is just, it's just crazy. I mean, I would take, I mean, what would you do if you were a parent and you realized your kid was being bullied? Like what extreme, well, not even extremes, but like what measures would you go to? See, I, that's tough because I don't know. And it's really hard to say, um, parents should like protect their kids just because like, that's their number one job. What does that look like though? When it comes to bullying, right? Um, One could say, hey, take your kid out of the school, but then, like, do you have the resources to take them out of one school and put them in another? One could say, talk to administration, but, you know, is administration really going to do what needs to be done to protect that child, right? When they're dealing with a whole bunch of kids in a school. So I think it's, like, a really complex issue, and it's, it's really tough. It's really, really tough. I think it is complex. Um, I still, I think that a parent's number one responsibility is to protect their children, not just in when it comes to school and education. I think it's their number one job to protect them when it comes to anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are alternatives. There's um, schooling, homeschooling. A lot of states offer it for free and offer the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think, I think there's a, I think there's. I think that you can't always um, control the outcome mm-hmm. of a situation. I think it's important when, you know, especially when, when situations like this arise that we take note of it and we try to say, okay, well, what can we do better? Sure. So that things like this happen less. Not It's, you know... I think it would be a stretch to say to stop it, period. Mm. But I think the goal should always be how do we how do we do better? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really tough. And I'm I'm not a parent, so I I really can't yeah. speak to <laughs> you know that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I was a young kid at a particular point in time. Yeah, and I know what it's like to to be different, to go through depression. To feel, um, you know, misunderstood. Not to say that those were Nigel's uh, feelings, but um, I think that, you know, that's when our gay children need family more. Mm -hmm. Not just the parents. Mm -hmm. Family. You know? Yeah. My heart really goes out to Nigel and to his family and to situations like this my heart always aches when um individuals die by suicide and what i have to recognize too is that although it's tragic that individuals die by suicide sometimes the situation gets so dire that suicide seems like a real solution um and so just reflecting a little bit more on like what can be done to protect i don't know if it can be done to protect but maybe it might be helpful to instill in our youth, to instill in anyone who's dealing with like thoughts of suicide that there are other options beside this one, right? Um, one thing that we learned just in my training is that suicide really is, it seems like the ultimate solution, 
right? Like my problems will be taken care of if I do this, right? Maybe we need to find some replacement measures or some replacement behaviors, some replacement solutions, words. And I think, you know, being no expert on suicide prevention and counseling, um, I think it's important that, you know, people just reach out for resources and professionals if they know someone or if they themselves are, you know, dealing with depression or thoughts of suicide. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So we speak your name, Nigel Shelby. Yes, we do. And we really just uplift the youth Mm -hmm. of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just want to put just hug, just big old hug mm-hmm. <laughs> around everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. But it's a lot. It's a lot that the LGBTQ plus community deals with, and sure. it's so layered. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. it's really difficult. Mm. So, I wanted to also recognize um, Marianne Williamson, my home Your girl. girl. <laughs> yes, I was going to text you that. Yeah. <laughs> she was on the Breakfast Club um, a few months ago, actually, I think back in March. They had Marianne um, on the Breakfast Club? They did. Okay. She's running for president. She surely is. <laughs> I heard it through the grapevine. She is running for president, and she is here for the reparations. She is here. For the black folks. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, let me just play a little clip. Marianne! Okay, here we go. Why do you want to do that for black people? Well, I don't, you know, it's interesting you say that for black people. I think it's for America. I think that if you look at the historical arc of race relations between uh, whites and blacks in America, I think, you know, I don't believe that the average American is racist. I don't. But I do think the average American is vastly undereducated or underinformed about the history of race in America. And behind the facts, which too many people don't know, lies such an enormous emotional reality. Two and a half centuries of slavery. Yes. Followed by another hundred years of institutionalized violence, white supremacy. And when you look at that and you look at the arc of our history, which I think in many, many ways Americans have lost connection to, and you realize what the civil rights movement did accomplish, and yet what has not yet been accomplished. The the externalities of segregation were dismantled. The next year, the Voting Rights Act, although that's been chipped away at, mm-hmm. and in many ways we're sliding backwards now with mass incarceration, etc. But more to the point, at the end of the Civil War, General Sherman promised 40 acres and a mule. That's right. And that 40 acres and a mule would have given to a formerly in, uh, enslaved population the chance to, to start over. I mean, if you were slaves, you certainly had skill sets, mm-hmm. right? So that 40 acres and a mule, think what that would have meant. So most of them did not receive it. Those who did receive it, in most cases, it was taken away. So the economic restitution piece simply was never handled yet. Okay. So that was like the beginning of the interview where she kind of opened up and with her platform mm-hmm. 
to why she even thinks reparations are appropriate. You know, why this discussion is even appropriate right now. Um, What is your take on reparations? And if you have an opinion about what Marianne um, just said. I think it might be helpful for those who qualify. But I also think it's a very layered issue. So right now, we're talking reparations, rah, rah, rah. There are many Black people in the United States, those of the diaspora, many of whom don't have lineage here, right? And so I think for, you know, when we talk about reparations and, you know, I was watching some of the town halls, a lot of people center reparations around those whose ancestors are from here, who experienced slavery here. When you say here, you mean the U.S.? In the the United States. Okay, because... I'm always, I thought it was the descendants of slaves. Descendants of slaves in the U.S. Because, you know, when we talk about laws, it impacts those in the U.S., right? True. So when I heard that, and the town hall I'm specifically speaking of is the one with um, Kamala Harris. Okay. That happened a while ago when it was like back to back to back to back to back. And a part of her answer was, you know, yes, I agree with reparations for those here in the U.S. And I think that's what the conversation is being centered around. So you can, if you can trace your family lineage, you know, to slavery and say, you know, I'm come from descendants of, you know, these slaves or what have you. Yes, sure. I believe you should get some reparations, right? What does that mean, though, for a thousand, for not thousands, but how many of us um, who were born here, who also experienced this systemic oppression, who, you know, deal with racism on day to day, whose families have been impacted by police brutality, uh, those of us who have been disenfranchised because of the system that we live in, but our families are not from the United States. Where does that leave us? Well, so I'm wondering, so... There's like this um, bill that Mm -hmm. Sheila Jackson Lee is pushing for, H.R. 40, where um, it looks like, how do you, I feel like I'm going to mispronounce his name, Ta-Nehisi. Ta-Nehisi Coates? Yes, (laughs) Ta-Nehisi. He was on the CBS This Morning show a couple days ago. And he talked about this bill, H.R. 40, and basically it would study the period of white supremacy and enslavement in the United States and what reparations would actually look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of that would be, you know, hearing directly from the African-American communities here in the United States um, to, you know, kind of digest and dissect what what it would look like and, 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 you know, black communities should be making those decisions as far as like where that money should be going and what we should be doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting. I feel like this type of study is necessary to understand, okay, are we, what are we dealing with here? Mm-hmm. What, what population of people are we are we talking about here? Because mm-hmm. that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, and I'm I'm sure it's stuff out there. Maybe some of you listening have have heard. Um, you know, 
maybe there are some discussions going on around, you know, mm. with with specific group of people that they're talking about. I guess like when I think of descendants of slaves, to me that's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and God bless you for thinking that way. I'm not, you know, that mm. may not be the mainstream yeah. idea or yeah. that may not be what folks have on the table right now, but I feel like if you're here mm-hmm. and you are black, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. should definitely benefit from this. And I, I, if I was running yeah. for president, that that would be how it would be. Okay. <laughs> I want to tip your hat, right? Okay? <laughs> and and I think, sure, yeah. If because you, to your point, I'm sorry, I yeah, didn't no, cut you ahead. off, but no, to your point, thing. like folks who are not necessarily U.S. born citizens are still here yeah. and feel the effects of the system. Absolutely, and I think this quote, I don't really find much comfort in that though because as one who comes from who was born here and whose parents are from a different country whose you know family entire family is from a different country i have witnessed the discord between black americans and foreign blacks yeah that's right so even if we you know leave it up to the black community or black Americans to decide where the money goes to, that doesn't necessarily mean, or not just money, but whatever reparations is, whatever that means, right? Mm -hmm. To decide who gets, where the reparations get allocated, that doesn't mean that includes someone like me. Yeah? So, it's such a layered issue. It's so interesting. And I'm excited to see how, you know, how this pans out, how this plays out. I'm excited to see who it impacts. Um, And I believe that you know, based on the laws being made in this country, the people who are running this country, the systems in this country, I believe those who have been disenfranchised by this country and its systems should be um, provided some sort of reparation. So that's like my ultimate. Yeah, I agree. And especially because this is not like we would not be in an anomaly Mm -hmm. because um, other groups (laughs) of people have have been been provided reparations for things that have um, happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So why not? You know, why not? And um, I also I I agree with Marianne when she said it's not necessarily for black people. It's for the nation, Mm -hmm. because if you can attempt to make whole especially on an economic level mm-hmm. um a group of you know people in the united states who are contributing to so many different areas not just consumerism but contributing to so much here mm-hmm. um the arts entertainment everything um by you know by pumping that money into these communities at the end of the day i feel like it's going to benefit everybody sure you know that's that's kind of how you know mm-hmm. so let me see the last statement let me see in this quote that i put here um from Tanahasi, he said i think this country has not gone through the process of educating itself and marianne um hinted to that as well mm-hmm. that there she said that there are far less racist people than they are uneducated white folks mm. what is your thought around um what Tanahasi and Marianne said can you say that one more time just for register sorry so in Tanahasi's quote he said that he thinks this country has not gone the gone through the process of educating itself 
Um, and, th- and that was after he talked about why HR 40, that bill okay, by okay. Sheila Jackson Lee was, was important that we, that we do the research first. Okay. Um, because he said he thinks the country is not going to the process of edu- educating itself on racism and the impacts that it has really had over time. Mm-hmm. Marianne Williamson kind of hinted toward the same thing that she said that in the, in the clip that I played, that there are far less racist people than there are uneducated white people about what happened Mm -hmm. and how it has impacted Mm -hmm. black Americans. My reaction to Marianne, even with that education, would they then be not racist? Okay. So are they, are they, I feel like people can be racist or they can have racist tendencies. You don't have to be a racist to have racist tendencies or to do things that, you know, I I think that there's a spectrum. I don't think it's just black and white when it comes to racism and white Mm. people in America. Mm. I feel like you have um, white folks who are not racist, you know, who understand, Mm. you know, it's a very small percentage in my mind. This is what I'm thinking. Then you have at the other extreme, you have extreme racist Mm -hmm. white folks who may be a part of some you know white nationalist group or something Mm -hmm. like that then you have all that in the middle Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um we've talked about hyper aggressions um in the workplace by Mm -hmm. white folks Mm -hmm. these folks may not necessarily be racist you know but what because a lot and i do agree with a lot of white folks are uneducated about race Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm uneducated about who we are and our history mm-hmm. and how those things that happened in the past have disenfranchised us today. Yeah. Because I'm not white, I can't really say for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what their view is, but I'm just saying from their actions, <laughs> it would just seem like many of them are uneducated when it comes to race, black race. To my understanding, racism is... Preserving power and the privileges that come with power. Preserving it, reserving it, keeping it in one group, mm-hmm. right? To me, you can be a kind white person. You can be a white person with black friends. You can be a white person who gets along with multiple minorities. Mm-hmm. If you willingly align with the system that holds power and privilege to your group, I believe you are a racist, right? The reason why I ask, with education, does that make you less racist, right? If I'm going to try to put myself in the shoes of a white person, I know it's going to be hard. But I think that's where I kind of was struggling because it's Mm -hmm. like, we're assuming that they're racist. Mm -hmm. Am I assuming? I'm not assuming. No, the state the questions is is mm-hmm. assuming that the person is racist before they're being educated. And, okay. And that was my point. Okay. Not all white people, I don't believe that are, that they're racist. Okay. So they could receive that education mm-hmm. and I mean nothing could change in mm-hmm. their in their actions or mm-hmm. you know they could be a little more woke, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was just saying that I don't assume that all white folks are just racist. Okay. 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 <laughs> yes. Do you? 
I don't assume that all white people are racist. I do. You- I look and see if you recognize that you have a privilege benefit from that privilege and do nothing to share that privilege with others and that comes up in different ways and if that is the case then i have to just call a thing what it is so for example if me as a student in a doctoral program recognizes a student of color recognizes that the system is not working for me and when i have these conversations with my white counterparts and they're just like yeah this shit is actually really fucked up and do nothing to change the system when they are in seats of of, of power Mm -hmm. seats of influence to change the system yeah they are complacent and Mm -hmm. i would even take it a step further and say that they are racist. Okay. They are preserving this okay. racist system. It's not... And let's just call... Let's let's embrace the definition for what it is, right? Holding power in one group. Not doing anything to make sure that that privilege or that benefit that you receive based on your skin color comes to other people. It's not to say that you're a horrible person. We probably get along all day long, mm-hmm. right? And you racist, girl. Okay. You know? Yeah. Hey. Hey. you know and i think even with education because education can come in different forms it doesn't have to be this formal this is what black people went through but even if you are on the workplace and you're just like yo i really see the hoops that my black counterpart has to jump through or i see the hoops that this latinx person has to jump through Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to do anything about it because i'm living i'm sitting pretty I'm collecting my check. I'm going out to dinner with the CEO and my life is good. I believe that that person is racist, Mm -hmm. but I feel like that is an extreme. And not everyone is going to have that level of emotion when it comes to race. And that's what, that's just my, we're sort of saying the same thing because I agree with your definition of what racism Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that I just don't, not only when it comes to race, when it comes to white and black, I just don't feel like issues are just white and black. I feel like that there is gray level in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can you can be complacent with racism. Mm-hmm. Um I just I don't know. I guess I just I'm I'm I don't I wouldn't necessarily call a person a racist who yeah. is complacent. With uh, well, I guess. Can now, we flip it now? You're well, now I feel like I'm res- right. Um, now I'm answering my own question. Yeah. I feel like if you are complacent with racism, then you are racist. I do see what you're saying. Yeah, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. like, let's say for example, let's flip it and make it real life. Right, mm-hmm. I'm complicit with homophobia in the Greek sphere. I don't speak out when, you know, a brother comes to me and bashes another brother. That makes you right? homophobic. It makes you homophobic. Right. Because there's something in me that's afraid of speaking out because I don't want to be affiliated mm-hmm. with the gay, right? And I'm doing my whole dissertation on this. So what happened? What is it called when you are doing everything in your power to separate yourself from the gay? We can call it homonegativity. We can also call it homophobia. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's not me trying to think necessarily black and white, but I'm just trying to connect the dots, right? So like... Even in the gray area, if we keep silent when we see injustice, we are complicit with the injustice. And so we fall to the side of the oppressor. Mm -hmm. And I think that can exist whether you're white or black. Sure. Right? Because I think you can be black 
and witness things in your community, especially when it comes to the transgender, LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. and turn a blind eye to those things. It, it can happen when you're white or black, but in the terms of racism, because you need for this the, with the definition of racism because the requirement is you have to come from the community with the power it's not the people oppressed falling in line with oppression even though we know that happens right, right. it is those with the power to change the system right. not doing anything to change it right right i no i'm yeah. agreeing with you yeah. i'm not yeah. i'm not oh no no I'm, this is not anger this is this your... is just like Passion, in the words of Amanda Seals. I'm not angry, I'm passionate. I agree (laughs) with your definition of racism. I think where we were in the beginning was me kind of just like saying, oh, there's gray area Mm -hmm. for white folks to kind of fall in between because there is this level of uneducation. I do believe that. I do believe that a lot of white folks are just so ignorant when it comes to black history, black things, and just where we are as black people and why we're out here saying, you know, black lives matter and all these other things mm-hmm. like but the act of not educating yourself, mm-hmm. not wanting to participate mm-hmm. in the breaking down of these silos, right? That's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you and I'm agreeing is, you know, you're being complacent, but you're part of the problem and can i ask you something though because accountability is such a thing Mm -hmm. right and the fact that white people created this system there is i refuse to believe that there is a way under god's green earth that you are just ignorant by default right there is something called willful ignorance choosing to ignore what is in front of your face right so to hear this white woman say there are plenty of people who are uneducated when at the end of the day history shows us that those who don't have those white people who don't have access to education throughout history experienced what was going on with black people because they were poor black poor whites and blacks were kind of on the same level throughout history those who did have the resources turned a blind eye to it because they benefited from the system so in what aspect of that do we make room for lack of education when you have you created the system so you know about the system right sure there is willful ignorance it does exist it does yeah yeah and like it just blows my mind because so many people go along with this and just like well how do i know more how can i learn we've been saying it for years you can tell me more than i can tell you because even though i experienced it y'all created it y'all created it but i'm also on the side of like have you been listening to what we've been saying for the past 200 years that's where we go willful because it's on your TV screens, it's in your police documents, it's in the laws mm-hmm. that you create. Yeah. So what do you need me to do? How can I educate you when you have chosen to I don't think it's resources? on and let me be clear, like I do not think, think it's, it's on our us. responsibility sure, sure, sure. to educate white but folks how much, on these issues. Maybe but the question should be how I much more can you think, be educated? I still think that there is room. Mm-hmm. For education, will that bridge all gaps of racism? Will it bridge sure. all gaps of disenfranchisement and things like? No, yeah. you know what I mean. But I yeah. still think that there is room for education on both sides. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a lot of societal issues, whether you're black, whether you're white, I think there's room for education. And black folks can be, you know, I don't, not racist because that's a, a system of oppression that we just don't occupy Mm -hmm. we don't have access to so we can't do those things but i think um 
We're all capable of doing having foolishness and having, and, and, and having biases. Sure. So I think that there is room to go through a, a process of educating, but I just want to be clear that it is not our responsibility to, to do that. Sure. I think we have said enough. We have tweeted enough. We have reposted enough. We have marched enough. We have set in mm-hmm. enough. We have preached enough. It's out there. Mm-hmm. The information is out there, and I agree with you wholeheartedly in that it's so much out there that if Mr. White Man or Mr. White Woman has made the decision not to go and and and, and grab that information mm-hmm. and, and digest it mm-hmm. and bring it into their home, because racism breeds racism, right? And sure. we were talking about bullying earlier. That's another issue, mm-hmm. you know? I can't remember what I was watching. Um, some video on YouTube, and he was just like, um, "No, no, 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 no!" It was Killer Mike. He was interviewing those kids in that school, and that little boy was like, "You know, they told me my skin looks like tar, or they told me I was ugly because I had skin like tar." You know, he had to like mm-hmm. step back and be like, "No, no, no, no! That's not that's not what this is about," and had to you know let him know like, "Nah, that's not cool." So it's like even at a young age, three and four and five years old. You know, these kids are recycling sure. what they're seeing and hearing from their racist ass parents. Mm-hmm. And if you make that choice not to educate yourself, just know, as for me and my house, we'll be calling you racist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just want to let me play one more one more clip from her. Get your thoughts on. Here we go. You know, the fact that the, the president and others have harnessed fear, bigotry, hatred, racism, etc., for political purposes. What has been clear to me for a very long time is in this country and around the world, there are far more lovers than haters. Mm-hmm. But the haters are very convicted and they're more organized and they're serious about getting it done. They're very vocal. That's right. And they conv- have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And love needs to have an agenda. So fear is a conviction is a force multiplier. We need to force multiply love. We need more than just random acts, small random acts of kindness. We need huge strategized acts of doing the right thing. So whether it's reparations or any of the other issues I talk about, it's time to get real and get serious and lay it down. So there she was talking about, um, you know, just referencing the the hatred and the Mm -hmm. bigotry that we often see. Um, with these counter protests that we often see on our Twitter feeds and her idea and thought was, you know what? There are 10 times more people who don't feel that way, um, who we should be uplifting and supporting, not shedding light on the negativity, but more so uplifting folks who want to corral together and move forward. Um, what are your thoughts on her comment about that? Do you feel like there are more people who are positive than negative? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yes. I believe there are people all throughout the world who are positive, who are about love, who are about peace. And there are systems throughout the world who marginalize people who look differently. (coughs) There are systems throughout the world who have oppressed people who look differently who present differently 
So I don't know, mm-hmm. right? I, I want to I wanna buy Marianne, right? I want to mm-hmm. buy everything that Marianne is selling me right now. Well, I mean, because I, be- it, I do believe in the power leave it of in love. The checkout. Yeah, I believe, <laughs> I believe in the power of love. And I feel like love is a strong force that can really create change. And I recognize that there are some horrible people in these streets, right? You go to South Africa, you see that black people right are in these townships which are essentially like communities of shacks and huts and you know makeshift buildings right while those who are mixed and are called coloreds are living like a middle class life and those who are white are living off the fat of the land you come here you see it in just a different form. You just call it Trump supporters versus yeah. Black Lives Matter. You go to New York and you see it. Hello. You go, Any random city. You go to the UK. Yeah. People of color are still experiencing oppression. You go to places where even, you know, you're all the same race. So you go to India. There is a caste system on skin color. Right? Yeah. So, yes, I believe there is love everywhere. And I believe there are very peaceful and loving people all throughout the world. Like, I, I love love. And... I'm not going to be blind to the fact that systems of oppression exist all over and not just here. Mm. And they didn't just start because Trump used fear and hatred to rile people. Oh, absolutely not. Um, But he has excited uh, energy, you know, in this country, um, a violent energy. I do agree with that. Mm. Um, Do I believe? So what Marianne said... This world, it, it is a dark world. Like, the things that happen in this world, um, just the level. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be here all night talking about human trafficking, the rape, um, <laughs> just all the horrible things that happen in this world and mm-hmm. so many people taking, like, taking place in these horrible acts. Do I believe that there are more positive and loving people then they are bad. I do. I do because I feel like this world would be a... <sighs> I might die on this hill. But I feel like this world would be a much worse place mm-hmm. than what it is. You know? You know, I think about the day-to-day. You know, even the people that I see at work every day. You, my friends, mm-hmm. people that I see. And and majority of us can go throughout our days without... Um, being involved in something violent or losing our life to some type of, you know, bullshit. You know, we, many, many, many of us are, you know, we're okay, you know, for the most part, I guess, you know, despite the other stuff. But I feel like most people, I don't know, even when I think about cars on the on the highway, I think it's amazing how so many cars can be moving in the same direction. And so it's not very often that you see a crash. And it's because most people don't want to crash. Most people want to be safe. Most people want to get to their destination and where they're going um, out of harm's way. Most people don't want to cause harm to other people. But there are a lot of people who do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I would like to believe that there are more um, positive and loving people that light up this world every day so that way it's not hell on earth. Um, I know some days that it can be, but I, I would like to believe that, you know, there are more more good people. I know for me personally, um, I definitely know more good 
loving people um, than I do bad. I mean, but that's a choice <laughs> mm-hmm. about, you know, who we who we keep in our circles. Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So my last question, since she's running for president, I wanted to ask you, if you were wasn't running for president, what would be your gay agenda? What would be your domestic agenda? And what would be your international agenda? Well, I'm just going to let you know I can't answer any of these right now because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but something that has been like sitting on my heart. Um, you do know. I feel like no. I really like. I'm. I was. What's, a, what's okay? So you're president. I went on. You're a passionate date. about gay issues. Yeah. What would be at the top of your list? I went on a date with a lawyer, and he called me apolitical, and so I am working to shed that label. And I think he was gotcha. right. Gotcha. I, I'm really not as versed as I think on a lot of issues, and so I would probably be doing a disservice to everybody if I just like spoke foolishness. Um, what? <laughs> I this is from your heart. You I'm don't just, have to be a political From my whiz. heart, I'm saying I don't feel comfortable speaking on gay, domestic, and international agendas. But I will say one thing that has been resting with me um, and that I started picking up through like the different town halls is um, sex worker rights. Um, I believe, as you said, sex trafficking is an issue. That's a good... Um, and I think the way that we've gone about it in the name of like protecting sex workers is that we have, not we, but certain individuals who have passed different legislations regarding to se- regarding sex work, it's actually stripped sex workers of their actual business. So in an effort to help, they've taken away their money, right? And that really doesn't help them at all. So one of the platforms that I feel like I would stand on is figuring out a way to allow sex workers the chance to run their business, but also put in place measures to keep themselves safe from sex trafficking and also from, like, a public health standpoint. So, like, you know, protection, blah, 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 testing, what have you. So that's your gay agenda. No, 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 that's my sex worker agenda. I don't have a gay agenda. And I don't have a domestic one. I think even the gay agenda is so complex. We focused on, like, marriage, and studies have shown that that... Is that what's it? Okay. So many, like, for... In society, it's been like prop aid and like gay marriage and rah, rah, rah. And when you actually look at the data, it highlights that that's more like a white gay issue. Yeah. Um, so maybe some things that can be addressed, I, I don't have an agenda, but some things that can be addressed is like the fact that drugs are being pushed throughout the, the gay community of color. Um, the fact that uh, gay and trans people, more so trans uh, colored trans women, are being killed senselessly. Um, some things we can put into place are the fact that even though we don't talk about it as much, studies show that by 20-something, one in two black gay men will be diagnosed with HIV. HIV. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I knew you had it in but you. But that's not an agenda. <laughs> that's just things I want to... That is Patrick's opinion, and that's yeah. all I was asking for. If yeah. you were running for president, what would be... And I knew you had an opinion, Yeah. right? Because we've shared hell of opinions on this show. And so for me, okay, gay agenda. Free prep for everybody. Ooh, hey. <laughs> hey, thank you. You win. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought about. Like, hmm, what would be a part of my gay agenda? It would be like, you know, I think such sex education mm-hmm. would be a big part. And PET, post exposure prophylactic, yes. prophylaxis. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about that? No. Okay. But I haven't read. So, you know how prep is like before you expose yourself to... It's when you think you've 
expose yourself to. Yeah, it's kind of like the the gotcha. day after pill okay. for. And what is it HIV. called again? A PEP instead of PrEP. So gotcha. PrEP is pre-exposure yep. prophylactics. Six, six <laughs> words, and Look then up, PEP y'all. is post-exposure. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So I think education on th- things like this and access to things like this would be important. What else would be on my gay agenda? I would want to address the homeless issue. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think so many of the LGBTQ community are kicked out of their homes and disconnected from their communities mm-hmm. and really just left to the devices of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that that leads to a lot of other issues, whether it be depression, whether it be sex work. I'm not in a negative way. Sure. Um, whether it be, um, you know, um, high risk or, um, you know, exposure to um, STDs and things like that. Um, I think that would also be a part of my homeless agenda is to uh, my gay agenda is to um, do something <laughs> about the homelessness. I know here in Philadelphia, we have a um, youth homeless shelter. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's in Germantown um, here in Philadelphia. And our chapter is actually James um, Davis has done some some work with them. And what I found out, you know, doing some community service out there was that there aren't many youth homeless shelters in the United States at all. Mm -hmm. Usually homeless shelters are catered to adults and there aren't that many for teens. So that would be an area for me that I would want to focus on. Um, Real quick, um, domestic. What would be on my domestic agenda? Um, I would want to address the economy and how all this wealth is concentrated in one very small Population. Mm. I'm no expert on this subject, but what I do know is that that's been fucking us up. Okay, niggas is broke. (laughs) That's been fucking us up. So, can can you name something that would be on your domestic agenda? The coins. The coins. Yeah, because the coins are very important. My agenda. What about student loans? Listen, that would be on mine too. I would love to co-op Elizabeth Warren, but how are you gonna make it all free, sis? I just want to give us school being free? No, the student loans. How are you going to wipe it away? Mm. I want to know the how. I don't want to know the this is what I want. Okay? You sound like a voter. Don't get my hopes up. Okay? <laughs> don't be a deadbeat daddy. <laughs> International agenda. Um, I would just say I would want to strengthen the, the ties that we have with excuse me, the international community, um, the good folks, not the bad guys, the good guys, <laughs> um, not only have relationships and ties with these countries, but um, supporting humanity on an international front, mm-hmm. supporting the human, the, the humanity or the human effort mm-hmm. on a national front. So, you know, all these organizations that are out there that are, you know, traveling to countries all over the world that are trying to do good by people mm-hmm. and help them, whether that be with water, education, schooling, learning language, whatever that is, building things, um, helping communities, indigenous communities, um, you know, get on their feet or build or farm, whatever the case is. I think that it is 
for me, um, if I was running for president, it would be important for me to have some stake in in that process. Okay. Amen. Would you have an international agenda? I don't like. I've told you, I have no idea. You said about... gay. You said domestic. So I'm just saying, if there's an international, no, right. you said domestic. I signed <laughs> on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Signing on. Okay. I'll take that. So. That was really the topics okay. for tonight. This was fun. Any final thoughts? This was fun. This was fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for having you yes, on tonight. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> final thoughts. Wow. Um, final thoughts. I would say to folks listening, um, no matter how you identify, uh, whether you're black or white, get in, learn something each week mm-hmm. learn one new thing each week about a group or someone who doesn't look like you mm-hmm. or doesn't come from your background or that's a member of the LGBTQ plus community try to try to challenge yourself and just learning something new each week and or getting involved in some type of community effort and when it comes to this presidential race I don't know much about it I know there's a lot of folks running I would say just do the homework, do the work, look up the people, mm. make educated decisions, and most importantly, make sure you're out there and you get ready to vote. Yeah. Shout out Cory Booker, okay? Because <laughs> you know if he wins, that little sketch you heard in the beginning of the show might come true. Oh, that's going to be you okay. in the office? Mr. President. <laughs> Sing it one more time. <laughs> Mr. Pres- Mr. President Booker. We can't do this. Oh, my God. We, we can't. Oh, it's going to flip. Fine ass. (laughs) All right. Yes. What a great topic. Thank you for partaking. We are going to take a quick little break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to close out the show, y'all. Be right back. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. All right. What's up, y'all? We are back, and it's time to close out the show. P. Ryan, how are you feeling? Are you hung up? Are you hanging up? What's up? I am. I guess I would say I'm hung up. Mm-hmm. Um, I am hung up on. First of all, I'm hung up on myself for making changes in my life that need to change. Yes. So shout out to me. Development's coming soon. Um, <laughs> I am hung up on. That sounds like an album. Oh, yeah. Homecoming for development. <laughs> development is coming okay. soon. That's not like an owl. Um, I'm hung up on beautiful black men. Uh, I think if this weekend was a foreshadowing for the summer to come, I am Ooh, so ready. Warning and warning. Okay. And to blow your head off. His head might blow off. Okay. <laughs> um, and last but not least, um, hung up on John Singleton. Thank you for all that you contributed. I am hung up on everyone out there that uh, is having struggling relationship with relationships with your parents. Mm. I'm hung up on folks out there who are in therapy, doing the work. Yeah, let's do the work. I am hung up on folks who are looking forward to the rest of 2019 um, with positivity yeah. and looking forward to a great summer. You guys have a good summer. Make some plans. Yes. Get that waist snatched. Get that waist snatched. If it's for you, you know, mm-hmm. if it may not be for you, mm-hmm. 
to get it snatched. And snatch looks different ways. You could be snatched with a gut. Okay. You could be. But pulling it all together, we all can have we all got a little room to pull it all together. Okay. Right? Because it's not about being thin, it's about being healthy. Mm. No matter what size you are. Yeah, I don't want to be fat. <laughs> so I'm hung up on folks who are plus size but healthy. Me. How about that? Hey. <laughs> well, that's the show, y'all. Yes, ho. Uh, this has been another episode of the Hug Up Podcast. As always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. It's me, E. You can find me on Dante, at E. Dante Cole on Instagram and on Twitter. Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. We would love to hear your feedback on reparations. What are your thoughts on reparations? Do we need them? What would they look like if we got them? You can send that to hunguppod at gmail.com. Yes, guys, and thank you so much for your ratings and reviews. Keep them coming. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can find a man who will reparate that bussy. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Give and me some reparations. Because you've been treating me bad. Okay. Paying you with thrust. Uh, hey. <laughs> Need. Okay. That's how I was acting a fool on Saturday. Anyway. Acting a whole fool. Okay. Well, you said it was okay. It, it is okay. Oh, okay. I support you. Hashtag reparate that bussy. I'm going to tweet it right now, y'all. Hashtag <laughs> reparate that bussy. Bye. That is the show, y'all. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Peace. So much disappointment. So much disappointment.